0: I would like to welcome everyone to the Roxburgh Roundtables. My name is Madeline Drace, and I am the student coordinator for the tables. Today, our topic is on the black experience and what it means to be black in America today. Our hosts today are Dan Ross and Dave Ward. The roundtables will be heard on the first and third Sundays on WGGT LP 92.9 Germantown Community Radio.
1: Okay. So I'm, I'm Danny, um, and I look forward to, like, uh, getting a sense of understanding uh, between several communities and um, organizations.
2: And I'm Zig, um, and my intention for this space is just to hear everyone's voices, specifically in relation to the black experience, but also in relation to intersectional identities and how all of those things kind of come together on this campus and in society at large. Oh, my name Ethan.
3: I'm a uh,
4: second year student here, and um, I just wanted to watch, listen. interesting topics. law society. I <laughs> 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 My name is Caitlin. I'm a second year law and society student
5: as well, and I was most interested in this because I recently wrote like an article about the crisis of like Philadelphia public schools, and that has a lot to do with like
6: part of the Black experience in the native. Way. So, I to thank you. Hi, I'm Malik. I'm a senior in Graphic Design. And I think that I wanted to be a part of this, because why not share
1: my experience and share some stories? Uh, I'm Sam Weeks. I teach in the Hallmarks Program in the College of Humanities and Sciences.
4: And I'm here to support some students and friends. Uh, Evan Lane, I'm the Director of the Spectre Center and uh, just share one real quick story about Mr. Ross here. I went to actually evaluate for professor in class, and I didn't know Dan from anybody else at the end of the class. I said, who is that guy? Why isn't he my major? <laughs> <laughs> I'm still saying that. You know, right? So that's why I'm here. Uh, I'm Maya Ramsey, and I'm black, and that's a, part of, a big part of why I'm here, but
0: also... A lot of spaces that center um, black experiences don't center black queer uh, people or just um, different intersections of the black experience. And I thought um, this would, so I came. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm Candace, I'm a first year uh, law and society major. And I came because I think it's important for black voices and stories to be told.
1: Uh, So I have a question to start us off, but before I get there, um, I'm going to give everyone a little background as to why we're here today. Um, I attended a previous round table. Um, I forgot the to topic. First amendment. First amendment, there we go. Um, and we were talking about should colleges open up spaces like these for people with various uh, opinions to come and discuss like those opinions. Um, and I was talking about how uh, I've been stepping more into Uh, A role of like an advocate Um, and what that meant for me uh, or a crucial element of advocacy was education and being able to talk to people about like harmful thinking um, and how their their actions impact the rest of society Um, and at the end of the roundtable there's a white woman next to me and she turns to me and she's like I understand what you're saying uh, but you got to take into the fact that you look scary and I'm like okay so like what do you mean by that um, and she was like you know you look like any Philly criminal you look like you belong in a newspaper or on the news state or on a news uh, channel and I'm like um you know like i like that's not really fair to me that I have to change the way I present myself for you to feel comfortable. And it's like, tell me more about how I look like a criminal in my black jeans and Nike windbreaker. Um, uh, and I, I've just been thinking, like, what is like a criminal? Uh, what does a criminal look like? So, one of the questions that um, prior prior to that, um, a I was at. Um, Archer Hall, student accounts, um, inquiring about my tuition. And while I was inquiring about that, I had safety and security called on me, um, which was like an awful experience. Um, But I also talked about it to a a news reporter, and obviously, news reporters like they they get both sides. Um, But a white lady um, invalidated that whole experience for me by saying that the matter was handled and de-escalated um, and it was like a peaceful resolution, but that's that's not how I feel. No one asked me how I felt. Um, and to like to further that, I um, there was someone else and, and in like, the administration part of our school that was supposed to reach out to me about the experience and I waited and I waited and I waited and, I waited, and one day, this random white man starts talking to me. And I'm like, um, who is that? Um, and like, he's talking to me every day now. He's making jokes. And I'm like, who's that? Who is that? And someone finally tells me his name. And I'm like, oh, that was the person that was supposed to reach out to me about the situation that happened at student, student accounts. But rather than talking to me about it, they decided to become my f- friend. Um, and so like, in a lot of ways, I feel very invalidated in my experiences. I've, I'm at a point where I feel like my voice is not heard, and I am very frustrated with not being heard. Uh, so my question is, how can we, as in black people, um, how can we gain, the, in what ways can we gain the support of non-black people in administration around us, how can we have our voices heard? If I could just
4: interject one thing, because, as I said story- earlier, storytelling is important. Can you tell people listening exactly what you felt during those two
1: experiences you told us about? It, it made me feel like I was... Less than human. Um, I, was, I was angry, and I was, I was actually very angry. And what's even more frustrating about it is that I couldn't express my anger in the way that people around me might express anger because I might be looked at as like the angry black man who's, who's mad at the world but has no reason. But it's like I have every reason to be upset, every reason. Um, and like holding in that anger sometimes is very hard uh, but I realize I have to do it because I am black, I cannot um, react in a certain way without uh, being looked at in a certain way if I had reacted in a way that was angry, uh, that white woman would have been like, oh, he's everything I thought he was and I don't want that for me Um, Has anyone in the panel
4: had a similar experience? You're shaking your head.
2: Um, I think this just all kind of makes me think about how this institution is sometimes run like a business, like an enterprise, and um, they often want to save face for themselves and not necessarily think about the people that they're impacting. So, you know, specifically toward um, Daniel's experience about, um, you know, the, uh, Tuition issue, the billing issue. Um, you know, when presented with these issues, when we spoke to um, different news outlets and stuff, and they got a statement from the university, it was very much like we're going to smooth this over. Like nothing happened. There was no issue. Meanwhile, there's thousands of students that were impacted by that. Um, and I feel like the way that we can kind of shift that culture is just by being very open and honest, like in situ- in spaces like this, but also like you know, holding administration accountable, like. Stories like this need to continue to be heard, and they need to like be like administration needs to be faced with these stories on a day-to-day basis, and not be able to just ignore them and push past them. I um I remember when that happened,
0: and something that I feel like you didn't say was how misleading the newspaper was when they like when they told your story. and that hurt me, it wasn't <laughs> didn't affect me, but it hurt me so deeply that um, the account that the the woman in student accounts told of the situation was so much more um, valid, so much more important than what you said. And it was such, whether you got in trouble with safety and security or not, to be a student at this school and be trying to figure out something like that, and get, like, the authority called on you is so violent. And that was just so glazed over by everyone involved that even now I don't know how you're like managing because you want to be angry about that. And personally, I don't know how to not be angry about all of these things every day. I've never been faced with something like that. Um, And I still don't know how to not be angry about it. So, I don't
3: know, man. (laughs) Question: I've never heard about this situation, and you're saying you have those safety and security all that student accounts. I don't know if you'd like to share what happened, your side of the
1: story. I don't know if you can. Yes, yeah. I don't.
3: I don't know what happened.
1: So I was trying to add an additional class so that I could, like, graduate in May and not have to take any additional courses during the summer semester. Um, and I'm trying to explain to them, like, uh, you know, my situation. You know, my grandma like, uh, helps me with school. And uh, she's been very sick. So I'm like, yo, like I, like, I really need to, like, be done in May. And I, can, I cannot afford to be here or pay for another class during the summer semester. Um, but I didn't even get that far in a conversation uh, because they're just cutting me off. And they're like, there's nothing we can do for you. You don't have if you don't if you can't pay this by today there's nothing we can do for you and you'll have to take that class uh, which is why I felt less than human because I, I felt I just felt like a dollar sign like that's all you see me as you don't see me as a an actual human being with that 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 lives and that's everything's very situational um, but like all you're concerned about is your money. Um, so I asked her I'm like can I can like what's your boss's number? I'll call her. Um, and they gave me her number and they're like, uh, you need to step to the side. And it's like, it's like 4.45 now, they close at five. And they're like, you need to step to the side, like we need other people to help. There were so many people to help because of the email that they sent out, uh, threatening students. Um, and I'm like, my matter is not, it's not done. Therefore, I'm not leaving until we come to an under, an understanding. Um, and then that's when uh, she told the person who was working with me uh, to call safety and security only. me. Um, and when they showed up, nothing, to be honest, not, they they didn't do much because there was not much that they could do because right. I didn't do anything. It was just like the fact that they were called in the first place. They, did, yeah. they get things like that every day,
3: I'm sure. I'm there all the time because they don't know what they're doing as student comments. <laughs> yeah. so the the they, they make a mistake for my building every semester, and it's the same thing. And I feel the same way, like, when I'm talking to them, I'm like, are you actually taking in what I'm saying? Because it's just, they make the same mistake. And at one point, they made me do their job by telling me to call the Center City campus. I'm like, aren't you supposed to be doing this? But that's a separate matter. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> you but Dan, you for a good point. I, want to explore it a little further. When you're reacting to a situation, is it always in your head that I don't want to be the angry black man, um, I don't want to be misperceived as a stereotype, or that if I show any anger at all, I may end up in the back of a police car? That if I end up in the back of a police car, God knows what happens there. Is that is that in your head?
1: the Yes, um, there was this uh, one situation uh, that happened <laughs> um, December 28th while I was at work. Not like you remember <laughs> <laughs> um, But uh, I'm working with these two customers and I'm helping them purchase an iPad. Um, and this woman, she's an older white woman. Um, I would say about like 50, 60. She walks up to me and she's like, um, can I ask you a question? And I'm like, oh, I'm actually working. She Cut us off, completely cut our interaction off. And I'm like, oh, I'm actually working with these two people standing right here. And I go to redirect her to someone that could help her, that was available to help her. And while I'm turned away, uh, she punches me in the arm and she's like, uh, you've been such a real help pal, you can't answer one simple question, something like that. And she stormed off. And I'm just like, like, I froze. And, like, I just thought of so many, like, possible outcomes of, like, how I can handle it. Um, and I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Let me step away. I was like, I'll be right back. And I walked to the, the break room, and I'm like, this did not just happen. Like, it did not just happen. Um, and what's frustrating about that is, like, when I tell, uh, like, people this story, like, I, also, I often hear, like, um oh, she must have had like a mental disability or yada, 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 and it's like sometimes white entitlement is enough for you to feel like you can put your hands on somebody because they're not giving you what you want. Um, or I hear like, oh, you did that? Um, uh, you know, I, I probably would've smacked her. I'm like,
4: okay, you are white. You're white. Right. Right. <laughs> she <would've scared laughs> you didn't <gonna>, yeah, <laughs> get away with it, I cannot. And it's like. let me stop you there. I wanted you to explore for people may not understand your experience, okay? She put her hand on you, okay? If you put your hand on her, what do you fear might have happened? Oh, the cops would have been in
0: there in less than five minutes. And I would have been dragged out of there in cuffs, if that, hopefully that. Um, and I want to add to that, that dynamic because there is the, like, structure that you're a band and she was a one, but I also think that that would be my reality, or Zay's reality, or any black woman, um, uh, any of any gender, I think that would be the situation. Um, Regardless, white women's tears are powerful, Mm -hmm.
1: so. And I told two managers, two managers this, and not one of them did anything. In fact, that lady was still helped, Um, which led me to feel like I wasn't valued. Like I've oh. seen them call like mall security when someone steals like an empty box of AirPods and do not that for me. And it's like, is my life not more valuable than an empty box? What was their reaction when they told Um, one of them was like, oh, like, I'm sorry that happened to you. If you need to go sit in the break room and take some oh. time on yourself, <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. I need to <laughs>
2: had a slightly similar situation, not as like, didn't anybody put their hands on me, because I don't know what I would have done if they put their hands on me, but uh, when I used to work in this pizza shop, there was this one regular that like everybody loved but they referred to him as racist so and so like I don't want to give his name out but um and I'm like so you know this man is like a known racist and y'all just like y'all cool with it like okay um and I'm like working the cash register and like my manager pulls me aside and goes just so you know like racist so and so is here just be really nice to him and I'm like
7: <laughs> be really nice to the racist man like I don't I don't
2: understand and like He's like speaking to everybody but me because I'm I'm the only black person on the line. like And it's just like the fact that I'm being told, like, you need to be really nice to this man because he hates you, basically. It's just like, why why am I kind of coddling, you know, white people who get to feel whatever they feel and I have to just, you know, be really nice and just to make sure that we're okay, you know. Let me throw something because I can
4: see another person saying, a white person saying, oh, you're just complaining that these are just small incidents, and they're not reflective of a larger experience, and that you're just using this as a way to attack uh, white people and and so forth. How would you respond to that? I
0: would say, regardless of color, human decency is a thing, and when someone's presenting it with a a problem that they're having, it would be like, okay, well, what's your problem? How did it make you feel? Like, not dismissing it. And they would never do that if it's a white person. And you see it constantly happen with black people. So, I don't know, that's... I would have to echo that. I think, um, I talk about this a lot, that sometimes it's not... um, it, It can boil down to something smaller than, like, racism or homophobia. Because sometimes it's just like being kind to someone, okay, I told you it's a microaggression, it's something that is harming me, and you don't understand how it's harming me. But if you're a good person, wouldn't you say, oh, this is harming someone, I have with, this is harming someone I love, let me try to fix it, and not, oh, this is just too much. So it has to be another factor. If you truly cannot see, oh, I'm harming someone, I have to stop, then there must be another factor that's preventing it. And I think I mean, I've only been alive for 21 years, but I've seen a lot of this for 21 years. I feel like maybe like 20. Um, But I feel like I have to assume it's because of this, like, factor in my experience that is different from some of my peers.
5: Like they're purposely ignoring you because you're black, because your humanity isn't there. I have an experience. I worked at the Couch Tomato for, like, less than a year because I hated it. And my coworker was black and she was like one of my best friends at my job and she was given a table and it was like a family of like older like white people. And she was like, Oh, I don't think like my table likes me, like you should just take them and I was like, Why? And she was like, Oh, when I like walked up and introduced myself, they were like, Oh, you're my server. Like you're my server. And so like they made like she made their drinks and stuff and they were like, Oh, we don't like any of the drinks, like we just need a different server, like and like the servers make the drinks themselves. So she told my manager, and my manager was like, Oh, just like give it to a different table. And so she was like, Oh, I want you to take it. I was like, I mean, I don't I I don't think
8: we should serve them.
5: Like so then she was like, Okay, well I'm just gonna remake their drinks, can you just bring them over? She literally made them herself and I brought them over there, like, these are perfect. I was like, Wow. I was like, I didn't even make these. So we like went to my manager again, and we were like, They're like overtly racist, like there's no arguing it, like she hadn't even like Done anything before? They were like, "Oh, you're our server," and like the fact that like she was so willing to just be like, "Oh, you just take them. Like, don't make a problem out of it." You know what I mean? Like what you guys are talking about about like the expectation of like, "Oh, like don't react too much because like people don't want to hear it." Like it was just like so shocking for like to hear her just be like, "Oh, just fix the problem. Like, just let it go," from her side. You know, like I think that speaks to a lot, and it's, it's painful.
0: When you have people that are like your co-workers and friends supposedly that are your like white allies but then will like take racist Dan or something. And it's like, but you say you love me and it's for me impossible to believe that you care about me and care about how I feel when you're doing something like that that literally breaks my heart. Because that shit is painful to watch.
9: Um, and i I can even um speak oh, I'm Talia. Hi. Um I can even speak for being in an educational setting. Um I personally have experienced being here, um certain microaggressions and things. Um I was in a fashion design major, so it was a very creative major. Um and I was once told that my figures that I drew were too black and you couldn't see the features from a professor. And Everyone around me, they were, for the most part, white. They talked to me on a regular basis, but when that was said, no one reacted. No one said anything, and it hurt me. Like, it really hurt, and it was just like, I didn't feel welcome. I felt very uncomfortable, and it's, it's been like a reoccurrence of just little issues, and it's like, I just don't understand how, I don't know, like, I, I just don't understand how, like, even speaking to your point, then about, like, I don't know, it's, I, I just don't understand how it's accepted and how it's okay and how it's like, I don't know, it's, yeah.
3: I definitely do understand that, like, I have feelings about how I'm treated, I guess, for example, going here, being black, and it's kind of, I don't know, when I complain about it to people, sometimes I feel like they're not listening to me. or And then sometimes I think, am I being crazy? Is this actually mm-hmm. happening to me? I don't want to question my feelings, but sometimes I end up doing that because I'm, like, complaining to white people sometimes. And, like, sometimes they just, they'll act like they understand, but they won't do it. Or, like, if I bring it up again, they're just like, oh, just... You know, instead of, or someone did bring up a line, like having like, I guess, for example, the racist person that came into the restaurant, stuff like that. There's like people on campus that like are racist and people still hang out with them. And then like the people that hang out with them, like they'll consider me a friend, but it's odd. because It's just like, you know, and sometimes that makes me feel uncomfortable going here. Cause it's just like, you know, who's really on my side if like things really get tough, like, you know?
7: Hi, y'all. Hi, Gary. So, I'm not going to say that I was fortunate enough to not have anything like obviously happened to me that was like. I'm going to say fortunate because if it was real obvious, it might be unfortunate for the other person. So it's kind of fortunate that I did have to be put in that situation to make somebody else very unfortunate. But um, I, I feel like sometimes black issues or like issues on campus with black, with black students, are like on the bottom of the totem, totem pole when it comes to other minority groups, mm-hmm. and and that's including like the LGBT group and then everything like that. Because me and Talia had an instance. What was that sophomore year? Mm-hmm. It was me, Talia, and some, other- and some other black other black friends of ours, and we were in the fashion design. We was in the sewing lab, and now now granted we were we were a little loud. Like I'm not I'm gonna take our fault in it, but um. We were joking around, and uh, a, another student who is of the LGBTQ community came over and was like, "Can y'all take that rowdy shit to deck?" But for me, being a black person, rowdy don't mean wild. Like yeah. when you say like rowdy to me, it, but it came off aggressive. Like, and it was like, "All right, cool." They and then they reported us to the to the dean. But the story that they, but the dean that they the story that they told the dean was not the correct story. The story was like we pulled a taser on him and all this extra shit. And I'm like, nobody pulled a taser on you. So then so I got I they didn't know who I was. So I got banned from the sewing lab, but I'm like, man, fuck that. I go here and I pay tuition here, I'm gonna go wherever I please. And then they had told Talia and our other friends that they couldn't have Visitors in the sewing lab anymore, based off of this one person's account. And when they spoke to them, they didn't even ask their side of the story. Yeah. It was kind of just like, know this, "This is what happened, year. X, Y, and Z." So that's so oh, that's where I felt like personally, like it was kind of like, "Well, damn, like what about what about our side?" And nobody even talked to me. I guess because nobody knows who I am in the fashion design major. But nobody even talked to me. But I just like felt like in that instance, it was kind of like really unfair, especially because the story was a lie, and then after that, this is how you know when somebody's lying, right? If they lie, you see them on campus, and they won't look you in your face after the lie, like we would see this person in like canbar Bar and stuff, and he would look like straight past us. And it was like, like you know like you know what you did, but it was kind of like the the protection that he felt under, or I'm not going to say he, could, I don't know their pronouns, but you don't the protection that that person felt because it was like, yeah, I handled the situation. It's kind of, they were able to walk around with the, not feeling ashamed of, we, I just lied about a situation and got away with it. Well, yes in the classroom,
4: because Ethan brought it up and addresses everyone here, because uh, we have enough professors in the room. What happens in the classroom that maybe professors are not seeing or should be seeing? which uh, you find offensive or, or dangerous?
7: <laughs> um,
0: I had a class last semester um, where I had a, like, a group. It was a, the sem- it was a semester-long group project for Capstone. And I had a member of my group that did not like me. And I, the whole semester, I didn't know if she was racist or if I did something to her. And I didn't say anything to my professor because I was like, kind like, of like, am I crazy? Am I missing this? But every single day. And if there were things that were very obvious to me that my group members didn't see. I said, we sat in the same spot. Every day, her back would be in my chair. Some days, the chair would be gone, and it was obvious that someone pushed it to another table so that I wouldn't have a seat. There would be things, if I asked a question about the group, she would not speak to me while the professor's at the table working with us. I'd say something, and she just, I don't hear her. And then the, another person at the table, looks, oh, yeah, what was what was that thing? Oh, here we go. I got but it. But did you
4: tell the professor this person is disrespectful?
0: <laughs> no, but the professor at the table, I shouldn't have to, because professors should want to take care of their students. Mm-hmm. I, and also, it was, I was in a position where I didn't know how this professor was. It wasn't like a Hallmark star class. I don't know if this person is going to be like, racism. <laughs> this is not the 50s. You're lying. So I didn't want to put myself in a position where I'm now in trouble or look like, a, I don't
1: know, tattletale because I'm just trying to get my work done. Um, I wanted to say, like, uh, going off of your point, uh, when you don't, like, or when I, when I don't voice, like, when I'm feeling like I'm being discriminated against, um, it's usually because I'm so tired of having to explain this is racist and this is how I feel. I go through that, or I have that conversation too many times to not be heard, to keep expressing it to not be heard again. Um, I think that some things that, prof- and I talked about this in my Hallmarks course, I think that some things that professors do um, that they don't realize is that um, when we're having debates in class and they're like, you know, like, that person said something that was really racist. But I'm just gonna let it go because they're just sharing their opinions. That's um, really happened to you. Yeah. That's happening. I'm seeing a lot of this. Yes. I just want to let you see a lot of nods around the yes. This is really <laughs> not. And it's like hey, you—you just gonna let them disrespect my my entire being
7: just like that for the fate, for the sake of a discussion. Yeah. yeah. For all voices to be heard. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> um, <coughs> real quick, something I feel that like that's kind of like undercover racist it's like we're in class and we might talk about something that's like something like so we're gonna talk about like human rights or like civil rights and then everybody turns around and goes like and it's like Yeah, so I feel like I feel like that that can be something that can be looked at as like a little underlying racist but also like I can feel why people would be like because you're black you go through this so you would Know the most, but I kind it, it singles you out a little bit, especially like when you're like one of two minority students in your class, rather than be like Islamic, because you you saw somebody say, oh, let's talk about Islam religion. <laughs> and it's like, well, does the, do nobody else do their research on this kind of stuff? Like, I know I'm not the only person that knows. You know what I'm saying? So, no, I feel I understand you, Gary. Like, there's been
6: moments where I'm like presenting a project or presenting something that I that I totally understand, and that the that the one or two other people who are of color in the classroom understand, but nobody else seems to understand it, just because it's beyond them or it's beyond the the scope of what they're understanding or what they want to understand. So then there are things that I have to then try to dilute and try to bring down my project so that it can be understood by a mass amount of people instead of just being understood by just us. So having to take that into consideration, it's a lot of things that we have to actually figure out. And then how does a professor then think about how can they take what a student is doing and thinking about and try to understand in a deeper level that's beyond the, the classroom?
4: Because there's things that, you can't really yeah. understand if you're just like seeing it for the first time. It's actually, like three things that are going on. Um, the first is allowing outright racist statements and not challenging them. The second is not a, a, not appreciating a different culture or a different view that's minority as opposed to majority of your creative person in a different creative way. And the other one is making you the <coughs> spokesperson for mm-hmm. your race or your religion if you're in the class. Is, 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 am I d- diluting it or something? get on what these situations are get you know, anything?
3: Yeah, I think it's interesting that you bring this up. For my example, I don't know if like a professor could do anything because, for example, I have a class with you this semester and we within. Would, you would then and we were talking about some issue that would pertain to black people and other minority. I forgot what it is. But it's something that's subtle, I notice, in other classes that I have that are like humanities-based, that a lot of the white students will totally just block out what we're talking about, and will just like look at their computer the whole time. And I find that that's like disrespectful, I and mean, it's subtly racist, because you just don't care that you live in this world that nothing, that will, you don't have to worry about that, because you're white. And I think, I don't know if a professor could do anything, I'm not just you, say, you know, pay attention. But it's just like, but when we talk about, the other day we were talking about white people not getting like clean water, that was like in the 80s. They were all paying attention. I didn't notice that myself. <laughs> <laughs> so I like, you know, what, what kind a of professor do in that situation? I don't know.
10: So there, there are certain topics, sorry, I'm Louise. I coordinate community service on the campus. There's so many issues, but two of them that really stand out. One is like, like it's a reflex of respect. Like, you, there are lots of people, so folks in certain offices or people that teach classes. Like, it should be reflex. Somebody hits you, there, there should be lots of people around saying, whoa, 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 not okay. But, whoa, whoa, racist, not okay. Like, everybody who has some decency, just like, it's a reflex. Everybody in the room who thinks it's not okay, react. We're not going to discuss this and get back to you in a month. We're not going to say, eh, it might be okay. You know, as far as... Only certain people knowing things, thank you for everybody in this room who coordinated events like this because we should all be on a mission to learn what we don't know. So for everybody in this room who doesn't know about the topic, that's why you're here because you need to learn what you don't know. Whether it's about who you are or who somebody else is that you really need to learn about because we don't know who everybody is, you should come and learn about who you're not and learn more about it. It's just the right thing to do. But that common decency and respect, if we were there, Dan, we'd <laughs> <laughs> You were allowed to <laughs> or at least grab your hand before she made contact. But it's, you know, it's all about learning who everybody else is so that you can have a better understanding. Pressure shouldn't all be on you to, you know, you know, well, when, actually, when the
4: professor, though, <coughs> tolerates, oh, that's a point of view. You know, something that's really offensive. What... What would you recommend? Again, we have professors, we have a dean here. Um, what would you recommend that the professor do in that circumstance? Uh-huh.
0: I think it's like a, um, you know, some thoughts like that may still exist. But also, let's look at things this way. But I feel like a lot of professors are just like, hmm, and they know it's wrong, but they don't want to have that conversation. I don't have
11: either. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh, okay, so I'm Tay and I actually went through an experience where I was in a group project and everybody in my group was white and I was the only black person. <laughs> and we had to like, pick a topic for our, um, for like the, the group or homework assignment we were doing for the day. And I was like trying to speak and give suggestions for like the topic and it felt like it was literally like a wall in front of me and everybody else was just talking to each other. Like, it was like nobody was listening to me. And then like it got to a point where I had to like raise my voice a little bit and then like there was a student that was like, oh well I guess yeah maybe we could do that. And then they completely like they looked they listened to the topic for like maybe two seconds and then someone else suggested another topic and they completely jumped towards her opinion. So like at that point like I didn't really want to like say anything else and I went to the professor to see if maybe I could just do the project on my own and I explained to them like what the problem was and they were like oh well maybe you should just try to like hear their point of view or maybe you you know like look at it in a different perspective t- to try to like go towards basically like favor what they're trying to say instead of defending what my topic was and it was like irritating because it was like you're basically telling me that there's nothing that can be done like you're telling me I can't be heard and that I have to just suck it up and deal with the fact that um, they don't respect basically what I'm trying to say like it was just really irritating, and I don't really like know how else do you explain to a professor that you know, as a black student like in a predominantly white school like you don't always get heard, and it's not fair, and that if I'm coming to you and I'm telling you that, then I feel like you need to intervene and do
12: something like something you said. Um, I'm Jay. so. <laughs> In high school, I went to a Catholic high school, so it was majority white. And um, I had gotten into an altercation with another or two other females that were white. And um, I kind of just like walked away because at that point there was teachers that had walked up to try to like dissolve the situation. And um, as she was walking away from me, she was like, she yelled out the N word and then she yelled out the B word. And she kind of just started running with her friend and I chased after her like I was about to like I was you know, like, <laughs> I was about to now, like so um <clears throat> the teacher had grabbed me and like they were kinda just pinning me down and then it got to a point where they put us upstairs now and they're kinda just talking to us and they made it seem like, Okay, well we're not gonna do anything to you for trying to hit them or anything or harm them if you kinda just like forget about what she had said to you like despite the fact that it was like racist as hell, and the fact that it was just blatant disrespect, and like, that's not how, it was in front of the whole cafeteria, so it's just like, the misconduct of it all was just beyond me, honestly.
13: Oh. Oh, okay. oh. Um, I mean, I know that,
8: um, that, that I don't want to take up too much time because I know that the purpose of this was to have voices heard. Um, but, you know, professors and deans want to fix things. Just like I used to talk to my now ex-husband and I was just venting and he wanted to fix it. He's like, mm, no, I don't want you to fix it. I just want you to hear me. But I have this impulse to to fix it. And Professor Lane did also say what could a professor do. So I'm wondering if a practice at the beginning of a semester, the first day of class, something like that, if a faculty member would invite students or groups of students to come up after class or meet with them in their office to express to them what their anticipation, given the subject matter of the class, given the level, freshman, senior, whatever, given frankly, given the race and and sex uh, and gender um, of the professor, what they're expecting, what they might anticipate, and any kind of information that they might want to share with the professor, is that something? that you think might, as a practice, if it were adopted widely, might address, It wouldn't solve all of this, but might help address these situations and give the professors some sense of what students are feeling and anticipating?
2: I think it's an interesting idea, and I think it's really awesome to have black voices heard. I think, however, there's a lot of pressure on people of color to, like, have to stand up for themselves in these situations when, like, when you're continuously oppressed, like, sometimes you don't really want to have to be the person to, like, mm-hmm. you know, be outward and be, like, this is happening, what are we going to do about it? And while it's, like, you know, it's helpful in, like, getting things done, it's also very tiring. It takes a lot of energy mm-hmm. out of you. And to me, it's, like, it's a human decency thing above race, above anything. It's like if you're seeing someone that's saying something that's insensitive toward anybody, your natural reaction is, do you understand the impact of your words? And if that's what I would want to hear from a professor. Like if somebody, even in like a debate where we're just like sharing our views or whatever, if someone says something racist, homophobic, sexist, whatever, that professor should hop back and like, do you understand the impact of your words? And making sure that that is a conversation that Sure, have your opinions, but understand who you're impacting when you're saying
1: them. I was going to say, like a week ago, maybe two weeks ago, uh, in my Hallmark's cast, we were talking about, um, basically, uh, police brutality against uh, black people. And there was a kid who raised his hand and talked about how um, something along the lines of media covering um, uh, police brutality too much, and then comparing that to uh, two sides just bickering and that if both sides stop bickering, we won't have a problem. Um, And one thing that I really appreciated that the professor did, I won't thank him, uh, is that, Before, like, because I was heated, my hand was up as soon as he said it, my heart was racing. racing. Anyway, um, he was like, well, I don't think it's just bickering considering that people are losing their lives to this. Um, And that small, like, that small interjection was very important to me, and like, even though I did repeat that statement, it was like I didn't have to, because someone, someone who was not black uh, stood up and said, you know, that's wrong, you know? so. Yeah. Um, I
13: was just saying towards like whole like us kinda having to speak out to the professors and tell them, like this world isn't just white, this world is just black and white. Like as much as old as we are, those professors are in us, they live in this world. So they know they've experienced it. they went to school, they've experienced these things, they went out their way to become this professor and become this profession. So they should take it upon themselves to learn and study what is right, or what is wrong, what should be conducted within their classes. Should it shouldn't be put on the students because first of all we're still students, we're coming into this new world where we're learning these things and we haven't even experienced the real world completely yet. But they have, even if it is let's say four years more than us. So it shouldn't be put on us, even as minorities, where we come to them and say these things like any way, anyhow whatever, you do not experience or do not have you never seen this before? Like if we're seeing it you're just damn well you've seen this too. So yeah. in class you should already be saying like, okay, these are things that I should I want to implement it to my class because I don't want to feel like my students aren't welcome to my class. Like I should be able to start off class from the beginning of semester saying that I don't tolerate these type of things, whatever. So don't bring it because you will be addressed in a way that will affect your overall thing uh, in the class, class, your grade, and everything. Rather than it being like a student has to come and address them. And tell them even because a lot of times students are scared. Like we're all still younger, so a lot of times we've been inside schools. No matter where we're at in life, or whatever that we've gotten shut down, we've gotten placed under a lot of other people. So for us coming to them, it isn't. It's not just that easy. We've We've already been traumatized through life of being pushed down within our own community, within other communities. So it's not as easy as just hey, yeah, like your professor. So I need to tell you these things. They should be able to tap into us. You can't tap into. You can't go to somewhere and just. Place your values, you need to understand the person other side perspective and be able to reiterate and re understand what they're trying to tell you so then you can be able to speak to them in a the language that they'll understand and they'll respect. So there's mutual respect. Okay. yes yeah. yeah. you raised your hand. Do you want to yeah. oh, say <laughs> um I was just going <laughs> to say the
4: story that you told like, is a perfect example of like.
5: People needing to, like, learn how to, like, address issues that they may not think, like, directly pertain to them. Like, if it shouldn't be, like, the responsibility of, like, the oppressed group to always speak up and always, like, bring up a constant problem that, like, they're subjected to, like, obviously not by choice. Like, if you know that someone's voice is, like, heard a lot less because of their identity or, like, like racially, sexually, like, whatever it is, and, like, you know that you come from a position of, like, racial privilege or sexual privilege, like it is a hundred percent your responsibility to stand up for people. Like if you know you have a voice that like obviously it's not good that it's valued more, but like if you know that you're heard more in a community, like you use need to white stand white up language. for
1: people. Use that white privilege. Yeah, right. Like and don't just use it
5: for yourself. Like redistribute it. Like if there's a way that
10: you can really like make a change, like And I am gonna, gonna come back to the the common decency thing. That that should be a like a forever reflex again. Like poor Course and Zig and Maya have had the misfortune to hang out in 301 with me. It's reflex. And they know if they come in barking at somebody, I step out of my office and say, whoa, 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 we're breathing the same air. You can't do that around me. Do over. Come back and say, sorry, talk to you like that, Maya. Sorry. And they have to, they have to start their sentence again. You can't bark at people when you're breathing my air. You have to talk to them in a decent way. That's something you can insist on. People can't talk to other people like that around you. And everybody has the ability to talk to everybody in a decent, respectful way. You just have to insist on it. <laughs> so if they do it everywhere else in the universe, they just can't do it in your space. Yeah,
4: That's all. But the problem is, I think, with this young man, I don't know if you would, did you use your name? Miles. Miles. I really, what you said really is put something home to me, because you are in a position of less power. Mm-hmm. And coming into classroom, if you came up to me in my class, I. Saying oh, I have all these issues, whatever it may be, you've now put a target on your back in some ways. You know, you just you just want to be a student. You know, you just want to be like anybody else. And now you're coming in and uh, you're taking a risk. That professor may say, "Oh, that's great, thank you." Or the professor who you don't know may say, "Oh, this person's gonna be wrong." You know, it, it's it's um, it's setting you up, and it's, it really is unfair, as Caitlin said. To uh, ask the oppressed person. So uh, the issue would be then with these people, what should we, to using our life experiences, um, we should be as professors, be especially the ones pointing it out, not you to us, but us to everybody else. I agree. Um, and I
9: had to, not too recently, had to explain to a faculty member, um, I had an incident um, and I wanted to speak to a faculty member. Just regarding, like, um, I was just kind of tired of, and also not just for me, but for people around me, um, specifically in the fashion design department, um, just having to face like microaggressions and certain things, and I had to explain to a faculty member, um, and it seemed like they couldn't understand what I was saying, and, and they were saying, it's, it's kind of crazy that we have to think to consider how our actions affect other people And I said, like, basically it's kind of crazy that I have to think about being empathetic to you. And I had to explain, when you're a majority, you're comfortable in the ways that you are. And the people around you are also comfortable like that. So you don't have to think about how you act and everything you say and how you say it and how you do it. For me, on the other hand, I'm usually one of three black people in the classroom. I have to think about the way I articulate certain things and the way that I... Say (laughs) not even. I just mean in general. Like if I get angry, I'm looked at as, "Oh, you angry black woman called the cops." But it's like, you know what I mean? It's like I I have to consider it. So why can't you, as one a faculty member, and as two someone who's of a majority, think, okay, I see this person doesn't look like everyone else around me. Let me try to understand them better and why they do certain things.
7: Um, Real quick. I just want to say, um, on the topic of like um, support and like what can we all do to kind of um, for my black fellow students and friends, um, we need to love each other a little bit more than we do. Because and I remember uh, I was having this conversation at a at a men's group that at, they at the hold, and I and we were talking about um, the situation that happened with Gail King and Kobe or whatever and how Snoop worked back at Gayle King in a way that was kind of, in a way that was aggressive, right? And I had said that as as black people, the reason why sometimes people on the outside feel it's okay to disrespect us or look down on us in a certain ways because we don't upgrade each other. That go for black men and black women. So I think the first way to kind of show that, to show like that solidarity is just kind of like loving each other more than we already do. like. And I, and, I, and I feel that way, like, on campus, like, I have, like, I have, like, my black friends like, you know, that I converse with, and I have, like, my core black friend group. But it's like, even on campus, when I first got here, like, my freshman year, I was like, damn, like, these black people walking past me, they don't see me. Like, I look just like you, bro. Like, you know, what the hell, like, You know what I'm saying? Or, like, even, like, at, some, at BSU events or stuff like that, when we hold events and, like, nobody don't come, and it's like, well, damn, like, we don't, I don't wanna, we don't wanna do nothing for you cause y'all, cause I don't even care enough to come to our stuff. And then it'd be like, but well, we see uh, OS, OSE or other groups put stuff together on campus, and then the whole school there. So I, so, and, and then they should kind of have a, a resentment, or kind of like a damn, like, what are we doing that's not good enough? So I just feel like, as, as black people, as a minority, we just, Support and love each other better, and then that will spread. And then it'll be, then it'll be like, oh, well, this not going to fly here because you know what I'm saying. But I think that all stems from coming to us first. And then, right? Yeah. Running out of time, Let's go something Huh? I was just gonna say something
8: really quick because I don't want to like open okay. up a
12: can of worms. But like to what Gary's saying, like. I hear you and like I really want to like agree with that statement, but I can't agree wholeheartedly because of just how like intersections work. Like me as a Muslim black person, I'm not gonna hang around black people that make Islamophobic jokes. And I can't expect for people black people of the LGBTQ community to hang around with black people who are homophobic or transphobic or whatever. But like I, I would I feel like that opens up a whole like a conversation to like how black solidarity works and like the ins and outs of that or whatever. But like that would be that would be nice in a perfect world. And that was
2: part of my intention with this space too, especially being you know a black non-binary queer person. Like I got a lot of intersections, and sometimes I, even just within the black community, I don't even feel accepted. So like going off of what Gary said, like. Yeah, we gotta love ourselves, but we gotta love everybody that's within that umbrella right. and not try and like be like, all right, so you black are you black black like you know what I mean? And like kinda have like t- instead of having these factions like really kind of bring it together like we all share an experience of oppression, which sucks. Like it sucks to come together under that umbrella, mm-hmm. but in order to get through trauma, you have to get through it as a community and get through it by accepting everyone within that community.
1: Um, OK, so to close it out, I just want to end on this like one thought. I think that um, professors um, and administrations can do better. Because I look around this room right now. And every professor that I see is someone that understands it. Every white person in this room right now is someone who understands it. They're, but those racist white people that I sit in class with, they're not here. They're not here. And the people that need to be here are not here. Um, so I feel like one thing that y'all can do is educating the staff around you, like even if it's just like, "Hey, like did you know did you know that um, when you call that black woman wild, uh, loud, that there's a whole research that says that minority women tend to be louder because they never have their voices heard. Did you know that? I feel like we need to take action and educate the people around us that can better supply the, or the education that a lot of these students need. And yeah. I think that's a great way to end it.